Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's a question that begs to be asked, and it's now 15 minutes into the pod and then just getting around to it. But I could not ignore the irony that Ryan Poles on the morning that is designated for him to appear in front of the Bears media court and the Bears fan base and essentially begin his offseason officially, the trust me appeal, right? You have to place the trust in Ryan Poles because he has all this cap space, the number one overall pick, and I've heard it termed that he controls the, the marketplace in the offseason, the most influential executive in the NFL, as has been suggested. On the same day that he appears, hours later, after he's done talking, one of his biggest maybe misreads or the biggest challenges of his first year, Roquan Smith signs a $100 million contract with the Baltimore Ravens. Now, you can make the argument about how he fits better in that scheme. You can make the argument about how the Bears weren't in a position to pay him that because they have so many other needs. You can make a lot of arguments, but I know this. The Ravens are a franchise in an organization that you trust that doesn't need to ask for credibility because they already have it. And when they make the determination that this player is worth $100 million, an off-the-ball linebacker, the highest-paid off-the-ball linebacker in NFL history now, I've got to wonder why he was let go from Chicago again. I, 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 I know it is revisionist history, and I know the situations are different. I know it's not a premium position. Roquan Smith is a Pro Bowl linebacker, now worth $100 million to the Baltimore Ravens. It's just the irony of having Ryan Poles' maybe biggest misread, something he may regret moving forward, come on a day that he's asking and, and looking ahead. The Roquan Smith, I'm happy for him. He still doesn't have an agent, but boy, imagine that commission. Well, look, some of this is philosophical, right? And you're trying to figure out what a uh, organization values. I was always really eager to see what R Roquan Smith would command on the open market. He never got to the open market. So we know that one team was willing to give him uh, five years and $100 million. And it sounds like $45 million in guarantees. I have not seen the, the full details of the contract to see how it's structured. But look, like at the time the trade was made, I... I the, the, the reason it left me a little unsettled is because this team had so few difference makers, right? So, so few guys that were impact playmakers that could change games for you. And I'm always, always weary of subtracting those guys from your roster if there are other options available to you. At the same time, I don't know that I would pay that much 
for Roquan Smith because I didn't see enough as Matt Eberflus didn't of ball production of of game changing moments that truly um, flipped a, a game which flips a, a month which flips a season from Roquan Smith over his time here. He's a really good player. I just don't know if he's one of the elite defenders in the league that commands this type of respect financially when you're trying to build around him. So, so you and I, I think disagree a little bit on that front to go along with that today in, in the comments that we heard from Ryan Poles, he, uh, self-identified three positions that he identified as premium positions that he wants to start with as he's restocking this roster. And they were pass rusher, offensive line and cornerback in that order. Right. And so, so that, that was notable, you know, and, and, and I guess we're still learning Ryan polls a lot um, and time will tell whether that's a lie, <laughs> you know, if he goes out and, and invests in a bunch of receiver help and, and just use this as, as cover to do so, then that changes the topic. If he goes out and, and gets interior defensive linemen and stresses that, then that changes the topic. But those were, were, were three really off the cuff, quick, instinctive remarks that he gave uh, of positions that he wants to fill there. And you don't hear, uh, you know, off the ball linebacker in that, in that conversation. And so that, you know, part of this is philosophical good for Roquan. I'm glad he's, he's found that second contract. Finally, I'm glad he can put that angst and anxiety away for a little while and, and, and be valued the way he uh, believes he deserved to be valued. I just don't know that it was necessarily a misstep by this general manager to, uh, to make that decision when push came to shove. When you have so little talent on a roster, I just don't understand how you can allow uh, Pro Bowl talent to get out out the door and to escort it out the door. I feel like he let his personal feelings interfere with his professional judgment. And and I look at what the the Bears um, don't have. And so you're in a position where you know you could always afford things uh, if you you can always buy things that you can afford. And the Bears are in a position to have you know they're living large. They've got over 100 million dollars in cap space. This would not have been something that they could not have fit under the cap. That's all I mean is in, in looking at everything is is relative to these teams and what they got in return now in retrospect doesn't seem like that great of a haul for a pro bowl linebacker worth the highest paid uh, contract in NFL history at the position. So I have, you know, it's, that's not the focus of, of the day. And that may seem negative to some people to dwell on it, but it just is impossible to ignore when that transaction is announced a couple hours after Ryan Poles you know, faces the media for the first time of this offseason. Well, also to your point, there was there's been an open acknowledgement here by coaches and players that that the trades of Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith sent this team reeling, as it was expected they would. You know, they were they were moves made with a longer term view in mind. But you shook the locker room a little bit. You removed two defensive captains, two respected leaders, and it takes time to to build some of that back up when you're asking every single player in this locker room to give you everything they have. And then you take away two guys that would give them everything they had and give them production that helped make their jobs easier. It's a difficult sell. Now, look like this will all kind of play out in the years to come. We'll see how Roquan produces now that he has been paid. Uh, Does he stay as motivated? Does he stay as productive? We'll see where the bears go and rebuilding a defense that again, in several categories was historically bad. I think their 20 sacks was the second fewest in the, in the history of the franchise. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously, we we documented the other day how how difficult it was for them to stop the run, and that they gave up more rushing yards this season than any team in 103 seasons. And so, um, they've got to find answers there, and just as they've got to figure out what direction they're going to take uh, with the guy that wears the number one jersey, who has the city uh, in the palm of his hand right now. 
What other uh, cuts from Ryan Poles do you want to address? Yeah, telling to you. Well, let's 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 go right there with Justin Fields because obviously it was it was a, a necessary question, and I believe it was Patrick Finley of the Sun Times who asked it to uh, get the the general manager's take on the quarterback and to ask about, hey, what about that number one pick? Is there a possibility that that gets used on a quarterback? Here was that exchange. Yeah, we had good conversations. Um, I'm excited for the direction he's going and as I mentioned before he knows where he has to improve I think he mentioned that the other day um, so we're excited about his development and where he goes next he showed ability to be impactful with his legs there's flashes with his arm now if we can put that together I think we have something really good because you have the first pick there are people that said they're going quarterback might be available there but you're saying Justin's your guy well, we're going to do the same as we've always done. We're going to evaluate the draft class. And I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away to make that type of decision. Yeah, so there you have it on the record, right? And then and that will be revisited when we get to, to, to May and we'll figure out which direction this heads. But it, it also led into a discussion that was, uh, was additionally productive about how the general manager truly views Justin Fields. And we can get into some of that in a second. You know, I heard the question asked if he was a starter for 2023. And Ryan Poles is one of those guys that when he's answering questions, he he's a uh, – uh, he's from the Northeast, but it does things something that a lot of people in the Midwest do. Like, yeah, first of all, they say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so when he was asked a question about if Justin Fields is your starter in 2023, his first response was, yeah. So we're – was he answering yes to the question of if he was a starter? Or was that just a verbal uh, tick that he has and he's just saying, yeah? i just curious, in, in the room, was he answering the question yes or no? Because it's not a – you're not a, a, in a court of law. You're not on the stand. But it just was interesting because of the way that you know his words are parsed. I'll go back and do my uh, my weekly rewatch of the Bears and just watch his body language and his words there. But no, I think he was just answering yes directly okay. to the question and saying, yes, he's our starter. Okay. And then obviously answering the follow up and saying, hey, you know, we have to do our due diligence. That's what you do in this position. And and, and we'll see if there's anything that blows us away. Right. Like That's going to be the, the yeah. interesting topic. That's going to it's going to fuel, uh, you know, debate shows on television, on cable for, for months here. Because uh, of that, as, little, that little the crack that he left the door open. I yeah. Get that. Yeah, and, and you and I, I think, agree on the fact that they have come too far with Justin Fields to abandon that now. And so, as you said the other day, see it through. Yeah. I think that they do have to see it through because this is the way that you're going to win. This is the way you have to find a way to win with him, around him, because of him. And I think that's what you heard today. Ryan Poles, uh, without confirming, acknowledging that that's the most likely path for the Bears to go. And he went further in his evaluation of Justin, and I thought it was notable to hear him say in, in that clip that we just heard, he said he's impactful with his legs and he has flashes with his arm, right? And so that's a very calculated way of saying the running game is there. We're not concerned with that. Uh, we are excited about that. We know what kind of fuel that gives to, to everything we do. Now the flashes with the arm have to turn into consistent passing talent. And and what Ryan Poles elaborated on is that Justin needs to continue to allow the game to slow down for him mentally. Those were the general manager's words, and he has to react quicker to what he sees. 
Those are the general manager's words. Those are honest, fair assessments of why the quarterback was a part of the passing game struggles in 2022. Fair to acknowledge. I think he also said that Justin is in a growth mindset, and that's something they truly value here as a guy that understands the need to improve, is ready to attack improvement in the offseason going forward with an understanding of, of how far he needs to go in that regard. This organization has been consistent from the front office to the coaching staff over the last several months in identifying that Justin Fields, the passer, has not arrived. It's okay to say that out loud. The general manager and the coaching staff has said that out loud for several months here, and so now it's their job collectively to get that on the right track. I had uh, someone say to me recently, I can't even remember who it was, but they said that, look, in this world, there are people that know how to solve a Rubik's Cube. I'm not one of them. There are people that don't know how to solve a Rubik's cube. And then there are people that know how to solve a Rubik's cube and can do it for speed competitions. Right. And playing quarterback in the NFL is solving the Rubik's cube in a speed competition. And there's two different things. Justin Fields, I think everyone believes can solve the Rubik's cube. Now he's got to speed it up to the, to the, to to the effect that he can do it in a speed competition. You can go look up on the YouTube videos and I'm doing all the, the mannerisms here. That's what's next for him. And that's part of the, part of the processing and growth and, and reaction piece of the puzzle that they've got to get solved. I used to really like those, but then you kind of learn how to do them, and then you kind of forget how to do them. So you I, you, you were successfully able to do one at one point. At, in your at life? one point, when I was yeah very young, I could do those, and then it, I didn't do do it for a couple of years. And for me, it never really came back. But there was a muscle memory involved, and there was just a lot of things that happened instinctively. Yeah, okay, that's a really good analogy. I, I get what you're saying. Um, what was what else stood out to you about what what Poles had to say? Because he. he he wasn't that detailed about a lot of things, but I think he touched on different areas and, and, and uh, things that we needed to hear from him. Yeah, so these two points go hand in hand because another thing he said about Justin Fields is he felt like the chemistry – piece of his development is important that he has to have time on task with specific people right like the guys he's throwing the ball to have to be consistent and that wasn't always the case in 2022 he believes that you know and we'll get to more of this in a second that Cole Komet's chemistry with Justin Fields is what allowed Cole Komet to have a, a promising season well now you've got to develop that with pieces that are already here or pieces you bring in the building one of those guys that's already here is Chase Claypool as you know he gets to the end of 2022 with a huge question mark on his Chicago Bears ledger. And while Ryan Pohl says that he, he's not blinking in terms of the trade he made, giving up the 32nd overall pick to bring Chase Claypool to Chicago, the rest of the world is going, oh, hold on a minute. Like, we just haven't seen enough here to believe that this is going to be an unqualified success. And so there was a, a little bit of a discussion about the, the Chase Claypool trade and where it's at and where it's headed. Here's some of that. Evaluation of Claypool. We've had 14 catches in seven games. I think a lot of people are joining him. Yeah, that's that's a, a good point. You know, I think that's the difference between like trades in baseball and, and, and basketball. It's like plug and play. There's an entire off season and half of a season of installs and all the things that you need to do collectively to play and, and execute offensive play. Um, on top of that, it was a little bit choppy with some of it, Justin getting dinged up. Um, he got dinged up, uh, so it was a little bit choppy of a start. I don't. I told Chase, and we had a really good conversation. I'm not blinking at that one at all. I think he's going to help us moving forward, and I'm excited about it. I, I understand the skepticism around the trade, and I even will remain to be uh, skeptical in, in, a, in a healthy way, hopefully, and, and hold him accountable for that deal. 
but I also understand it. And I also think that I'm going to be consistent because when he made it, I thought it was a good, smart move because it was trying to get ahead of the free agent class. And I am not going to, here's the one thing that I think there's a disconnect with bears fans and not, not necessarily bears fans. Cause I, I'm, I'm, we don't need to talk about bears fans. I think we're going to talk about how we see what's happening and, and moving forward, moving forward to me. It's, it, it's not consistent to say that, that uh, Justin Fields struggled or his progress was limited by lack of an offensive line and a wide receiving core, because I think those are factors that contributed to his stunt to development or why he hasn't gotten where he needs to go as a passer. So if you want to accept that as a premise, and I do, then I don't, I think you've got to take the same approach with Chase Claypool. This is a passing game that is broken. This is a passing game that threatened nobody. There are a lot of factors involved. Justin Fields is part of that. The offensive line is part of that. And so his own role in it is part of that. But I'm not willing to give up on him just because he had an uneven second half of the season after he came to Pittsburgh and they flourished without him. I right. think that in the offseason, it's all about talent acquisition. And if you're Ryan Poles and you're a scout and you're trained to look at it that way, you look at Chase Claypool and you might not have DeAndre Hopkins there. You're not looking at Devontae Adams but you are looking at a guy that could be a very capable number two or somebody who could be explosive as he was as a rookie. So I am not willing to give up on him or declare that a bad trade just yet. Well, no one should give up on him at this point. And I think Ryan Poles was was forward in saying also that the continuity piece was missing, that Justin Fields missed two starts due to injury and Chase Claypool missed two other starts due to injury. So there's four opportunities on a, on a Sunday late in the season that those two guys didn't give an, have an opportunity to work together and work on that timing, work on that chemistry, work on that rapport. It leads into the other discussion discussion, though, that I thought there was some some subtext to some of the things that Ryan Poles said uh, on Tuesday morning about the receiver position and and sort of saying that he believes that the, the, the need for a number one receiver um, isn't as pronounced as the outside world may think, you know, that, that, that he thinks that there may be some guys in-house that can fill that role if you surround the entire receiving core and you add a, a, a pass catching tight end into the mix and you can just make the the stable of pass catchers better but man i think that's gonna 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 stun a lot of bears fans if we get um to week one of next season and there's not an obvious addition made that is okay this is this is a guy who has a chance to be a a true difference making pass catcher for your young and developing quarterback it was kind of i don't know if that was again like a, a general manager trying to hide intent for free agency in the draft or if it's almost an acknowledgement that the free agent class isn't very strong and and the draft class is always a i don't know can't you know can't tell proposition he was trying to keep uh expectations tempered but that was a, a small little thing that was kind of subtly woven into to today's proceedings yeah i thought it was that i thought he was trying to temper expectations because of what was available and maybe not available 